Suckers at a bank are remind you that you are a sucker. I bet you always thought that banks had suckers to make you smile. Or because they wanted to have them in case you brought your kids into the bank. Duh. Well, think again. Banks have suckers because they think you and I are a bunch of suckers. This is Better Well with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome to the Better Wealth Show. I'm here with my good friend and Better Wealth coach, Dominic Rufin, and he has a video that is going viral on LinkedIn, pretty much calling out people for being suckers. So before we get in, I'm gonna play it. So if you're on YouTube, you're gonna love it. It's gonna make you laugh. And then we're gonna go into how you um, can avoid being a sucker to the banking institution. Suckers at a bank are remind you that you are a sucker. I bet you always thought that banks had suckers to make you smile. Or because they wanted to have them in case you brought your kids into the bank. Duh. Well, think again. Banks have suckers because they think you and I are a bunch of suckers. And you know what? Quite frankly, they aren't wrong. By giving our money to the banks, we make them one of the most profitable businesses in the entire world. What other business in the world that someone just gives you money and that's their business model? Huh. Pyramid scheme? While we get a measly 0.01% return on our money, the banks are making a 2,600% profit on our money. See, banks want to subliminally remind you that you are a sucker. This is the inside joke by leaving suckers right there on the table for you. Now, don't get me wrong. The banking system is super important. It's an easy, accessible way for you to access your money. But we should not put all of our money in a bank. We should start creating our own personal bank for ourselves. We should create a bank for ourselves that gives us 4 to 5% return instead of 0.001% return. We should be able to use our money like the banks use it. We should be able to use our money with leverage and with collateral, just like the banks do. So it's time for you to stop storing all of your money in the bank and it's time for you to start thinking and operating like a bank. So it's time to stop letting the bank be the only one who builds true wealth. It's time for you to start educating yourself on the matters of how banks operate and how you can create a personal banking system for yourself. As always, I'm more than happy to help educate you on this. And if you have any questions at all, you can always DM me around the concept. Boom! Dom is coming out swinging, calling people out for being suckers. But one of the things that I love most about that video is you you laid out something that's super funny. I remember when, the first time someone told me that the sucker concept, I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Because a lot of people like to hate on the banks. First of all, a lot of people don't know that banks are super wealthy institutions. Like they don't understand that they're institutions that just control your money better than you. But then it's funny because every time you see the suckers, it's like it's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. So I love that you put that funny piece of content out. I hope that made you laugh. But one of the things that you did that was so powerful that I would just want to unpack with you more in, in just this conversation that we're having is how and you said this, like instead of just, you know, take the principles and learn how to become your own bank, mm -hmm. learn what the banks are doing and learn how to control your own wealth. I think that's super profound. I think that's powerful. And so let's figure out how to be the opposite of a sucker and really start taking back control. And so anything, anything that you want to say before we go into the five elements that I wrote in my book, I want to tee you up, hear your thoughts. But what inspired you to make that video? And uh, was it fun, like, writing it down? Like, what was the process of, of just putting that video together? Yeah, I had an absolute blast putting that video together just because it was allowing me to be creative, be myself, 
and still give a principle around something I truly believe in. And honestly, this principle that I learned actually came from you, right? You know, diving into your content, seeing all the things that you're doing. Obviously, a lot of the things we learn come from one person to the next person, right? But you explained it so clearly that I was like, you know what? I need to talk about this. Like, I need to put something out there that's educational but entertaining at the same time so people can get a good laugh but also be like, whoa, I had no idea that the banks were doing this. So uh, if you're if you're watching this or listening to this, you can check out more about um, that I write about. I'm literally going to be talking about one of our chapters in the and asset. So you can go to betterwealth.com to pick up your copy of the and asset. In my book, I talk about five areas of banking. And again, the point is let's understand how banks make money. So this the purpose of this video and, and what you're listening to, we're gonna share quickly how banks make money and then how we can apply it to our life. So I'm gonna talk about the banking side and then you're gonna talk about how this applies to your life and like how maybe something in your life that you've done to give you more control. Perfect. First element is flow. Banks are institutions that are experts at getting money to flow to, to them. Think about it. Uh, a lot of times they'll waive fees to get direct deposits to come to them. They have uh, a lot of times investment sides of the bank where they want you know money to come. Uh, a lot of times in a 401ks will come to um, Wall Street or the banks before you even get that money. And so it's super interesting. They, they Banks are institutions that are incentivized to get money to continue to flow to them. Yeah, so a principle, obviously, flow. The one way that I've used it in my life is by starting a business, right? Yeah. Being an entrepreneur, creating a source of income to allow more money to come back to me. Something else that I've done is, you know, efficiencies, finding efficiencies within your plan, um, either cutting out bad debts, right? Bad debts are obviously a terrible place to, you know, put money, you know, high interest. Um, other things, maybe renegotiating with certain creditors or totally. people like that to help bring more money back to myself. Um, so there's just a small, a bunch of little ways where you can help bring more money back to you. You know, um, I've been in, in the property and casualty world before, right? Yep. Increasing my deductibles, right? Increasing my deductibles will have my payments go lower, um, bringing more cash back to myself as well. I love what you said there because if, if a quick win that you can do is start thinking about where your money's flowing. It's either flowing a, away from you or it's flowing to you and just be really just careful and just I think part of the, the trick is start tracking your money. So I love that. Uh, number two is leverage. Leverage kind of has a dirty word, um, but banks are institutions that are essentially using other people's money. If you think about it, they have they have all the money, which is awesome, but they get to leverage your dollars. And in, in the book, I talk about like how banks can make hundreds of percent on just on just the power of leverage because it's not using their money, they're using your money. So how can someone take the principle of OPM, other people's money, this concept of leverage, and how have you used it in your life? And if you're watching this and you really want to get ahead and you really want to take what the banks are learning, how can you learn learn about this principle of leverage and apply it to your life? Yeah, so leverage is so powerful, right? Because you're leveraging somebody else to scale or make something more than just you that, that you could do by yourself, right? So I've been part of syndication projects, you know, yep. massive real estate projects where I'm able to leverage other people's time, yep. other people's money. And by using other people's skill sets to come together for a collective whole to then, you know, build something massive. And so what we'll do is we'll leverage like the bank's money or we'll leverage other people's money and then put all that together to create a, an asset that we all can uh, bring cash flow, right? Flow more, more money back to us. I love it. I love it. One of the things uh, that I am diving more into is OPA, other people's audience. And it's interesting in marketing, I want to use the same principle of leverage and try to leverage other people's influence and audience. And so whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's your expertise, try to figure out areas that you can go one to many. And if you can do that, like the banks do that with money, you will 
by default have a lot of wealth. The third area, and this is something that's not talked about a lot, and a lot of entrepreneurs like to take a lot of risk. And if you're someone watching this and you like, you feel like money's burning a hole in your pocket if it's sitting at 0%, this will be really key. And it's liquidity. And liquidity is pretty much banks have all the money. Um, it said that the golden rule is not treat others the way that you want to be treated. It's that those who have the gold make the rules. It's kind of ironic, but it's true. The banks control money. It's also said that banks love to loan money to people that don't need it. So it's like, have we ever been in a situation where we need money, but the banks won't lend us? They ultimately hold all the control. What's ironic is it's not their money, it's ours. So they're, just think about this. Think about how profound this is. Banks are an institution that get all the money to flow to them. They leverage your money and make a killing, but they also control, um, they, they make you come to them because they have all the money. How can we take this principle of the importance of liquidity in our own lives and take this principle, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether you're an employee or someone that just wants to seek investments, like what, how, does that, um, how, how does that speak to you? The best thing about liquidity is it does two things. One, it's like a peace of mind, like knowing yep. that you have liquidity there available in case something happens. Like you can start thinking clearly and have more creativity and you're not stressed out, right? You know, if somebody's throwing a knife at your face, all of a sudden you have all the stress and cortisol coming at you. You can't think clearly and creatively, right? But if you are calm in a, uh, a parasympathetic state, then you can be more creative. And by having that peace of mind, it'll allow you to be more um, successful in whatever venture it is. Um, and the other thing is too, is when you have liquidity, you become a walking opportunity bucket. I love that. Right? Love that. Yeah. And when you become a walking opportunity bucket, now you can start investing into things that you're passionate about your purpose, like those things that you find true joy in. And you're not just like stressed about, oh, am I going to actually make it? It's I'm a walking opportunity bucket and now I get to pick and choose and now I don't have to uh, make bad decisions. When you have money, opportunities will seek you out and just trust me. Trust me on this. If you start having money and you start looking for opportunities, you're just going to see this weird um, thing happen in your life where people just start, just opportunities come. It's it's a really amazing thing. And I actually have a personal experience that I'll be sharing with you guys soon about that, that, that a big opportunity coming into my life because I had access to capital. Mm. Number four is collateral. And think about this as uh, risk, uh, like reducing risk. See, banks not only get all the money to flow to them, they not only use leverage to make a killing, they, they make you come to them, but then they reduce risk because they say, okay, I'll loan you money, but you're going to put up your house, your kids, your wife, your business. Yeah, it's a joke, but like you're going to put up all the things. So if you don't pay, we get to foreclose on, on your house and, it's, they, and, and they'll usually set it up where they will be ahead. And so in this concept, and again, that's smart because the banks want to reduce risk. And so how can we take this concept of collateral or reducing risk and apply it to our own lives? Well, you know, I think you said something crucial that I was talking about, like minimizing risk, right? And so any way that you can minimize risk is a great way to use collateral. Um, like for me, for instance, I was able to obtain a loan right, for my business, right? And what I was able to do was put up my business as collateral. So by having a sense of, okay, the, the person that was lending me money has my you know, business as collateral, that was a way that I can now leverage to build upon my business and grow it. And then I can, you know, advance it and invest into the things that I felt were valuable to me and grow that company. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, nothing more I would add to that. Just, just be thinking in every opportunity that you do, what could be the downside and what's the worst case scenario? The cool thing about the bank is worst case scenarios, you don't pay, they get some kind of asset. The reason why they love hard assets is housing 
um, there, it's only so far that that can drop. It still can drop. We've seen that happen. Um, but if it's properly insured, they they're reducing their risk just by the assets that they're that they're insuring. So the final one is all about velocity. Um, this one is by far my favorite, and I think yours. And and the the concept of velocity is money in motion creates more money. Like we and the the word picture that I'll give you is the difference between a still pond, and my parents have uh, a pond on their property, and it it's just really mucky because the water's not in motion, and it's really actually gross. Mm-hmm. Versus a river with banks, and you have a lot of power because that that water's in motion, and it's just it's you know it's and another example is you know a river or an Amazon, which you you brought up earlier to me, is like a powerhouse versus something that's just really um, just not doing much at all. The same thing goes with our money. We've been taught to do the exact opposite. We've been taught to put our money somewhere, don't put it in motion, have other institutions like banks and Wall Street create motion and velocity. This is the secret to banking, by the way. And how would how would the person that's reading this and saying, wow, this is the secret of banks, how can they apply that to their own life? Yeah, of the, all the principles, this is definitely my favorite one. And honestly, I think is the most powerful because um, if you can really grasp this concept, you can really have a lot of power behind it. Like the Amazon River is super powerful because it is always flowing. And I always go back to the and asset. The and asset is the most powerful way that you can have a velocity of money because you can have your dollar doing two things for you, not just one, right? If I end up taking a loan out on my my cash value, right? I am then able to invest that into something that I find value or that I'm passionate about is my business or real estate or nonprofit or something I just thoroughly enjoy, right? At the same time, your cash value is still growing at the same guaranteed rate that, you know, it was contractually binded by. So being able to have your money move in multiple directions. And then when you get your money from your cash flow, from your real estate or your business, you can then put it back into your your life insurance policy. And then you can repeat the process and money is just flowing in so many different directions. I love it. Think about this, your money, what is a dollar worth to you if it could be used in multiple areas throughout the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And the cool thing about my book and what we teach is we have to start thinking about our dollars long-term, but also short-term, and very few people are able to to think about it in both contexts, short and long-term, but the idea of velocity is long-term value is is important, but also the short-term value of your money in motion. Dude, I super appreciate you making us all laugh. Um, go follow this guy on LinkedIn. We are excited to continue to share um, share the better wealth message of in, being in, intentional, like living intentionally. Um, but then also taking things like the and asset. So if you're watching this video on YouTube and you don't know what the and asset is, go to betterwealth.com, check it out. Um, you'll definitely be seeing more of this young, handsome, buff man. Um, and in the meantime, thank you so much for supporting our show and uh, sharing and, and liking and subscribing and just leaving reviews. Everything that you can do helps other people find our show and, and just get this really awesome content. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.